Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Alan Drummond. Yellow! <laughs> Standing in for Derek today, because Derek's away on family vacay. He's in the Gaspé Peninsula in Quebec. Yeah. He's uh, having a good time, hopefully. Haven't heard from him. I think he posted a couple pictures. With that phantom family he always talks about. And, and they finally, appear, they finally <laughs> appear in a picture on his <laughs> profile. <laughs> and, yeah, because it's always like all these kayakers and canoeists and alpine everything. extremists yeah and there's never any family members yeah. lots of snow lots yes lots <laughs> of snow lots of water no family yeah well this time he's got the water and a family no snow and mountains but you there, know what like hills or rocks maybe or it's because they don't want to be seen with him <laughs> we've always been assuming that quite. he's just having fun doing stuff maybe they just don't want anything to do with them we don't know this hmm <laughs> <laughs> no comment no comment uh i'm sure they're having a great time out there uh yeah because they're he's coming back and they're back this week and then so we're recording next week and uh then he's off to the second annual burt reynolds whitewater run you need memorial music. you need music behind that when you say you know the the something or other annual burt reynolds you need like smoking in the bandit music or something in in behind that oh i've got some f- some funky things on here that that do i don't know what does this do um i got these these fx things that you can do burt reynolds burt reynolds burt reynolds now i don't know how to use it burt reynolds burt reynolds burt reynolds it's the deccan annual burt reynolds memorial white water rafting whatever (laughs) trip hope they don't die trip you have to say it with a Spanish accent, though, because aren't they doing the Spanish River this year? It is the Spanish River! I don't know. <laughs> si, senor. It's the Spanish River. <laughs> and your listener, the Mexicans, Spain just dropped off. Just dropped off. <laughs> well, you know what? We got this little, uh, the, the mix report I've got, has got these little functions things. So when we're, re- before we actually start recording, I'll be sitting there some days and Derek will be reading a couple things and writing notes. And I'll just start playing with this. And like I said, you put the echo on and it's like, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And you get the whole echo, you know, <laughs> or, you know, like burping or stuff like that. And eventually he just looks up and like, come on. <laughs> well, you taking your time. I got to amuse myself while I'm waiting. <laughs> Let's get back to him writing though. That can't take long. <sighs> wow. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he's a manager at OPG. You can't tell me he does much writing. No, he presses buttons. Yeah. He's a button pusher as far as I know. So, I, you know what? I just know he works there. I don't know what he does. For all I know, he could be doing the Homer Simpson thing. It's and probably just, better not knowing what he does there. Yeah. yeah. That could be scary. Because, yeah, he's he's sitting there looking at his meter, tapping it as it goes up, going, go down, go down, go down. Yeah. While he's got his laptop open on another screen, planning his next White Mountains trip. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And if you're listening to this, Derek, we don't we don't mean a single thing we've just said. <laughs> Sean doesn't. Sean, yeah, Sean doesn't. Hurry back. Well, he'll uh, be back by Saturday evening. I don't know because what's uh, coming up on Saturday evening, Sean? Uh, I don't know what's coming up on Saturday. Well, that would be that. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I opened up a perfect segue for you, and you missed it. Oh no, I didn't miss it. Oh, you're I just, just being the I Tom just Foolery you through the yes, the Tom Foolery day. Uh, well, let's go into this. If you want to, what's new, Alan? 
Well, Parks Canada every year in Peterborough uh, does a canoe and kayak paddlecraft event where they let um, canoes and kayaks and paddlecraft go through one of the big locks. The intermingling? Intermingling, yes. Intermingling yes, canoes yes. and kayaks. Yes. There's therapists there to make sure everything goes fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And cattle prods. Is there is there referees? Because there's some cattle, some some canoes and some kayaks. I bet you there might even be some stand up paddleboard. I think I saw somebody on one of the uh, the comments. Oh, that's just wrong. About, no. <laughs> we'll push them in. Yeah. Anyway, annually for X amount of years, um, should have researched that better. Um, have been doing a uh, transit through the lift locks, um, several hundred at a time. Um, Three or four hundred or something, I think. Yeah, it, it holds a lot yeah. of people. Yeah, yeah. When I, when they, I, when I, I emailed them, um, but doing a booth for Kingdom Outdoor products. Yeah, feel free to throw in your own <laughs> your own company there, buddy. <laughs> Little hashtag self promotion. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was somewhere between three and four hundred they annually get, and they expect maybe even a few more this year because this is the f- first time they're doing it at night. Um, so it'll be light up the night, lock and paddle at the Peterborough Lift Lock. Saturday evening. This is going to be the first time they've done it in over 60 years. A lockage at night. Nice. Yeah. Bring your family and friends. Join us for an amazing evening to end off the summer. Uh, Yeah. So that's pretty cool. There are prizes and whatnot. Um, Yeah. There's a bunch of prizes. Um, Decorate your canoes, kayaks with uh, lights and reflectors, glow sticks, anything that can light up the night. Because that's the whole thing is light up the night, right? And they give out prizes for best decorated canoes and kayaks, that sort of thing, which is pretty cool. Um, it starts, so Saturday, August 24th, lock and paddle, light up the night, starts at 5 p.m. at the Peterborough Lift Lock. Yeah, registration starts a little bit earlier, yeah. and then um, I saw the email or the post about on the website about, uh, it's very well documented about what time, what is at, but I'm sure if you show up there mid-afternoon, you drop your boat off, um, there's, they got a list of about five nearby parking spots. Yeah. Um, the parking at this place is reserved for those with the uh, disabled passes and I believe the vendors. Um, so there's a few vendors there. I didn't really see anything that really popped out as too canoe kayak related. I think there's one canoe company that's going to be there. Or... Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring my uh, portal recorder here and Ooh. see you can chat with a few people and talk to I wonder to... if there'll be any... Uh... Local Peterborough canoe celebrities, you could uh, maybe Kevin Callan will be wrangle. there. Wrangle maybe Andy Baxter will be there. That's who I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Callan's been here a bunch yeah, of times. Come Callen on, guy. you gotta get Andy on here. Well, yeah. I mean, Kevin's been on our first show. He's been on our hundredth show. Then he was with the with Andy show. So he's got to be here. One fifty. One fifty. No, what I show was this? One eighty. Eighty four. One eighty four. Yeah. So he's supposed to be on our two hundredth show. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, it'll be good. So yeah, well, there's there'll be a lot of people there. If you yeah. go to uh, Paddling Adventure Radio website or uh, uh, Facebook page, um, I've put the uh, uh, a link to the event on who's coming to this. And if you click the event, it'll show you all the information. There's a uh, link there you can follow to find out even more information on our, our uh, Facebook page. Uh, and so, I yeah. think he was telling me that because I'm unsure of it all, but you know, you listeners can go and do that as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody can go do that. Except the ones in Spain and Mexico that we insulted, that we insulted earlier on earlier. and have now left the show. <laughs> Thanks for coming along. Yeah. <laughs> Those echoey Spanish people. Uh, yeah. So other than that, now you're going, right? I'm going. I am going. I am going. Um, they're also um, offering uh, free camping for the first 150 people that have registered 
for camping. And there must still be spots available because they did post another link to that earlier today on their own Facebook page, the invite page, I think it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's free. And um, you've just got to register. For lock number 20 and lock number 21 on Saturday and Sunday, even outside the hours of the event, it's uh, free for canoes and kayaks this weekend. Um, so even if you're up in the area, uh, Peterborough, um, you can uh, go go through the uh, the two locks, um, number 20 and 21, free of charge, which is usually, I don't know. A few bucks buck each. A foot uh, or a buck a foot or something. Or, yeah. Yeah. So if yeah. you're in a 16 foot canoe, that's 16 bucks, right? So. Yeah. I mean, the last time we went through the locks was the uh, Canada's 150 year, I think it was. Yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was all free. So. Yeah. I remember that. You yeah, took your family. Derek, Derek took, his, took his family. The Phantom family. The Phantom yeah. family, yeah. And uh, up we, we should went. just start calling him Rental Family. The re- <laughs> Rental Family. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the guy that just hangs around with, with them. They, they let him hang around them. Uh, yeah, it was, it's a lot of fun. If you've not been through a lock before, I mean, the lift lock is one thing, but the regular ordinary lock where the doors creep open a bit and all the water pours in or out, depending on which way you're going, it yeah. is a, a cool experience raising all the way up or raising all the way down. Uh, I haven't water. done any up here, not on the Trent or on the Rideau, um, but I have done one of the big locks on the, uh, Mississippi river. Yeah. And neither of these big locks that like. Three barges wide, like four or five d- barges deep will go through. The things are just massive. It was yeah. part of an event, I guess about four or five years ago. My friend Joe Mason, um, Poutine La Maisonneau on Facebook, um, dragged me down there. And um, yeah, it's uh, an event called Floatzilla. Every year they try to try to get the world record of the biggest event with the most paddle craft, but... They, they fall short, but they keep attempting, and it's great. It's a fun event. <laughs> full of show up. wreck kayaks and canoes and um, sea kayaks and everything in between. It was it was a really fun day paddling down the Mississippi River. Um, it's not called Big Muddy or Old Muddy or anything. It, it's, well, it's well named, the nickname. Um, <laughs> that was just a fun day. And uh, going through the rock, yeah, it was uh, pretty uh, pretty neat. Yeah. Um, well, they have ropes hanging down the side, so you yeah. kind of raft up. Somebody holds on to the rope. Um, I, I'm sure they probably lowered it quite uh, slowly because they didn't notice any kind of big rush or anything. There was no boils, but I have heard of other people that have done locks that sometimes it's a little... Yeah, I think uh, it depends on the boats that are in there, mm. the size of the boats, yeah. that they just, well, we'll just get these down quick. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, when you got some boat, smaller boats and stuff like that, they tend to... Take it a bit easier. Here comes Derek. Do it yeah. fast and loud. <laughs> just open them both at the same time. <laughs> both doors. You just sail right on through. Uh, yeah, and we're heading down to the Mississippi there in two weeks. You are. Two, um, three weeks. You got a whole like country western canoeing jamboree happening. Yeah, yeah. We're we're hoping to hook up with uh, Jerry Vandiver down in Nashville. That's right. We're going to go hook up with Elvis in Memphis. And then we're going to go check out some blues and uh, hopefully... Uh, Hook up with uh, John Rusky down at uh, Quapaw Canoe Company down in uh, in Clarksdale, Mississippi. Clarksdale, that's near. Yeah. That's the home of the blues, man. Home that's of the, the crossroads. Ain't that near where uh, the crossroads? Double. That is the crossroads. Robert Johnson. Yeah, sold yeah, his soul right yeah. there, buddy. I'm gonna go check it That'll out. Be awesome. Gonna go That'll knock be a good on trip. the door. You know what you'll have to check out on the way down or on the way back. To see if our prime minister is still Sign on that is still there. Yeah. that I checked out in January that when was, I was down uh, through. It was near the big cave. Um, 
Is that in Kentucky? Kentucky, yeah. Just five minutes off the highway. Yeah. It's right at this uh, interchange, and there's our prime minister and his family paddling up in the Yukon, but ad- advertising this the canoe Kentucky. company down the road in uh, Kentucky. So, yeah, you'll have to, have to, take, I'll, have to I'll, do a little rest stop off the uh, highway and go check. Yeah, we'll, we'll scoot, uh, check the map and see where that is and scoot on over and see if it's still there. That'd be awesome. <laughs> My money's on the fact that, yes, it's still there, despite all the media attention. I'm thinking they've brought them a lot of customers, <laughs> especially from Canada. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Thinking they're paddling with the Prime Minister in oh. Kentucky in, on the Yukon. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, what was that, um, this hour is 22 minutes. Uh, no, wasn't that one? Uh, oh, who's the other news guy makes fun of everybody? Rick Mercer. Rick Mercer. Yeah, he did a bit on it. He went down, but he went down across the border and was saying, um, it's the King of Canada's birthday. To see how much people knew about Canada. Talking to Americans, that yes. show was called. That yeah. was before his own show. Was that before his own yeah, show? Yeah, that was, I don't know if he did that on its own or if that was part of when he was with 22 Minutes. But it was well before the Rick Mercer report. Yeah, maybe it was. It's kind of like how he kind of. And people were all saying. bones in the industry and it's yeah. like. Yeah. Happy birthday to the King of Canada. <laughs> and just like, yeah, nobody knows. So that's why probably nobody knows. No. Who's on that sign. No. Not a soul but. except. We'll go Traveling take a Canadians. peek. We'll go take a peek. Uh, so you're back from, oh, before we get into that, yeah. you were down at Toronto Harbor because you and I went on the island tour. Yeah. So you uh, and I went two Saturdays ago. Yeah. Time flies, eh? It certainly does. Yeah. Um, so a friend of mine from London, um, Chris and Samantha, um, they had seen... Our, our, our posts about paddling Toronto at night and listen to the podcast last week. And he was like, I got to go. I want to go. Let's go. And um, so I joined them on Saturday evening. Um, did a little bit of a different route than you and I did. Um, I think we're only out for maybe... Well, they they actually, they were down there about 11 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. They, they spent a whole day in the harbor and went out to Ontario Place and... Um, Got to listen to, oh, there's some country guy playing at the Budweiser stage at the Ontario place. Um, the name will come to me. And um, listen to that for a bit. And then I met up with them uh, just as the sun was dropping, um, kind of out in the middle of the harbor. They were coming from the city side. I was coming from where we launched from, Cherry Beach, Cherry and through Beach, the yeah. islands. And um, yeah, we got uh, some spectacular sunset and some nice pictures again and Hooked up with three other friends of mine for a few minutes while we were out there. Uh, three ladies that paddle out of Harbor Front. And um, and then we, um, he wanted to hear all that music that we heard. Um, the Iron Maiden? Not the Iron Maiden. <laughs> no, when we were at Cherry Beach, there was all that music, oh, all those parties going on and, and stuff. Yeah, the party right? boats and stuff. So yeah. right down in the Toronto Harbor at the, uh, it used to be called the WestJet stage. I think it's in the Trail stage or... It's into Harborfront Center anyway. There's a band going uh, playing and um, from Barbados. So there's a lot of that kind of Caribbean, kind of reggae, steel drum kind of music going on. So we just sat and listened to that for a good 20 minutes, half hour. Um, and then paddled along the uh, side of the harbor. And we came across um, this art installation that's down there, just east of the Harborfront Center. Um, picture, if you will... A bunch of guys hanging on to black rubber rings. Um, 
There's 25 or 26 of them out there. They're all paint. They're all uh, cast in orange. They must be like a dense uh, poly or plastic of some kind. And these hard plastic rubber rafts. And uh, they're called the safety orange swimmers. And I've been seeing pictures of them throughout the summer of other people paddling near them and that. And um, they're uh, an art installation down in the Toronto Harbor. And they're to resemble. Hold on, let me just say, put this. Uh. Each figure represents more than 1 million of the estimated nearly 26 million refugees in the world today. Now, when I posted some pictures on the Facebook page and um, and that, people were saying, ooh, creepy swimmers and that. And, and, and yeah, they are kind of, they do have that kind of look when you approach them at night. But when you read up a little bit about what they represent and what they are in that, it uh, definitely brings to mind uh, some, some of the problems in the world today while we're sitting there having uh, a lovely night paddle through the Toronto Harbor that somebody could very literally be hanging on to a rubber raft coming across some uh, body of water trying to escape some tyranny from the land they're from. So a little bit sobering, but kind of neat, kind of creepy. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to go down and see them during the day. Um, apparently the, uh, the, uh, the artist is... Um, complaining about us kayakers because uh, i've seen some few pictures there where there's like the kayaks are right out in the right middle, in the of, middle them. of them I've seen and one there's of those, yeah. some um that you know they're starting to chip and damage them and that so they're just asking people to keep a little bit of a distance and observe and just reflect on what uh what they are so and alan's now got one in his house <laughs> <laughs> hey come with here buddy you scooped one. It's not in the house. It's in the backyard. It's in the backyard <laughs> in his pool. <laughs> He's starting his own collection. Yeah. So once uh, we're done with those, we tried not to get run over by two ferries that were coming in from the islands. And then, uh, yeah, we just paddled uh, paddled back toward Cherry Beach past uh, the nightclub that's over there, the Rebel Nightclub. But it was pretty quiet. Um, but you could definitely hear the party boats out in the harbor that night. Um, yeah. You know, you point your ear one way, you hear one type of music. You point your ear the other way, you hear another type of music. And, um, yeah, another gorgeous night. Uh, We got back to Cherry Beach, and whatever was going on when you and I were paddling over there was not going on that night. There was one one setup um, playing kind of some techno house music, um, uh, but a little more muted than when we were there. It was away from the water. It was kind of back in the... uh, the park a bit and um yeah kind of loaded up our boats and i was home sometime after 11 i don't think it was quite 12 but that's it yeah also it was an early night i put night. in i put in around <laughs> 7 30 7 45 met them out in the middle of the harbor just after eight yeah yeah it's out there about three hours i guess huh not the uh five hour tour you and i did <laughs> or five plus hour tour you and i did but you know what? If you're if you're launching from harbor front, there is a lot of things. If if you're just going up and down the harbor, like up along the shore of oh, Toronto, there's so much there to see. Like is one all of the my way out to favorite Ontario things place. to do, kayaking along the Toronto Harbor, is because it is got lots of parks and pathways along and uh, break walls and that is, you get these couples that are just sitting there. You know, maybe their feet are dangling over the break wall or they're sitting on a bench having a romantic moment, uh, maybe telling each other the whatever to whatever to whatever. And you poke, you just 
creep up in the kayak and go, good evening. <laughs> <laughs> and you see them jump a little bit and, you know, you just ruined a romantic moment. But One has uh, a heart attack. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, oops, sorry. You giggle and paddle off. <laughs> well, they don't expect problem. it, right? Because, yeah. like, so many people, like, will comment, like, whoa, that's so cool. You guys love to do that? Where do you do that? How do you do that? You're just like, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. yeah just having fun. Well, I mean, look at all the stand-up paddleboarders we saw. That was a giant group going. Yeah, through. yeah, that was neat. Um, you know, to see all that, that's there. Yeah, there was a good 15, 18 of them. And yeah. One wet one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard what I said when we passed, right? <laughs> well, at least you got that over with now. <laughs> oh, 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 big news. Big news. Big news. Remember we passed the one alligator that was? Yes. There's two alligator heads now. Ooh. Just meters apart. Because I posted that alligator picture. <laughs> I was trying to get pictures, of it, but because it was twilight and uh, facing the wrong way, couldn't quite get a decent picture of both heads. But uh, I'm just somebody's like, they're multiplying. A, somebody's got a good sense of humor there. You <laughs> they know, certainly the, do. The yes, floating sir. alligator heads. All right, so I finally figured out who that country act was that Chris and Marissa... Chris and Marissa, those are my other friends from Seesaw, you run. Uh, Chris and uh, Samantha saw... It was, I heard Crystal Stapleton. Uh, country oh, Chris singer Stapleton. was at uh, Budweather stage last Saturday Chris Stapleton night, so. sings something, a whiskey song. Sweet as whiskey or something like that. Yeah, very, very, Trace says he's very underrated. Yeah. Like okay. he's at all these shows and everything, like yeah. there's a fantastic voice, but is uh, kind of underrated as a... I, I recognize the yeah. name. I, I'm yeah. sure maybe I'd recognize a couple of his hits, but to attribute them to him, probably not. Yeah. But, so, um, yeah. Whoa, he's got a big beard. Yeah. I just Google imaged him here. He looks like uh, Hank Williams Jr. But younger. <laughs> yeah, that's him. Yeah. That's him. But that yeah. looks like Hank Williams Jr., right? Yeah. The big yeah. ZZ well, top beard, the, the hat. The sunglasses. Yeah. 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 Looks like Cousin It with a little bit of skin showing on the face. Because <laughs> the long hair and everything, right? <laughs> anyway. Yes. Uh, so other than that... Um, you went out east. I did. To the east coast and you met Steve Chard. I did meet Steve Chard. He's, he's now just finished the Great Loop. It's taken him two years to do it. No, 14 months. Sorry, he so did it June, over. Yeah, so he did it. He, uh, did he, he launched from years. Halifax Harbor uh, June 1st, 2018. Yeah. And then he just finished this past Friday, uh, August 16th. Yeah. At the HCMS Sackville in uh, Halifax, Halifax Harbor, which was one of his charities he was uh, paddling to raise money for. So Yeah, he's raising money for, for a number of charities. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is actually coming to the Toronto area. He is. Next week. This week. Next uh, week. Next week. Yeah. He'll be here this weekend. This weekend, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he's coming in by train. Um, so he's spending a few days in Halifax and... I think in Halifax, maybe in New Brunswick too. I'm not sure. And then he's coming by train, arriving here Saturday evening. Um, some people with the one of the Durham Outdoor Clubs are kind of setting him up and keeping him entertained, doing yep. some hikes with them. I think somebody's taking him up for a, a canoe ride up in uh, at Algonquin on Canoe Lake. Um, he'll be joining me um, next week for a couple of days. He's going to... Uh, bunk with me in Mississauga. You're going to join me on one of my uh, Niagara Falls trips. Uh, and then uh, then he departs uh, the following week after that. September A few 5th. days after that, yeah. And yeah. on the 
7th, he's uh, doing a talk here in uh, the Durham region. Um, Sean can put up the info on the uh, Paling Ventures Radio Facebook page. Yeah, uh, I'm just looking here. Dude, I know dude, I have the outdoor Oshawa could... Outdoor Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll put all that information. Durham Outdoors Club. Yeah, and meeting, it is an uh... open invite. I'm sure there's a, maybe you can put an email address there. You can RSVP to so that there's, you know doesn't overfill the hall or something. Um, yeah, I'm hope I'm trying to see if uh, we can hook up uh, the Monday or the Wednesday. Well, Wednesday he'll the... be in Mississauga with me. Well, and with the, uh, that's the okay. plan anyway. Because after the talk on Tuesday. He'll come to my place Wednesday. He'll just, I don't Chill know. Out. I got to go to work and I got to leave him in my home. Uh-oh. He oh. can't be any worse than Derek leaving Sean Van Berger in his home. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, John, well John, I don't John, have much beer in my home, so John he's not going to drink beer all and of that. Cheese, so, yeah, so. And the kids keep an eye on him. Yeah. <laughs> so bring get some beer, some cheese, and a couple of kids, yeah. and they'll keep an eye on him. Derek, can you send your rental family over to my house next week, please? <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Needs the kids. To keep an eye on a house guest. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait try wait 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 wait. I thought Van Berger was calling in today. No, he's uh, he broke his finger, so he can't call. He can't talk. Oh right, yeah, yeah I forgot. he broke Somebody his finger or something. Bum. Yeah, yeah. So, so so he did something with his finger. I think it's his middle finger. Is is broken. <laughs> but it's the one that seems to be most well used around me anyway. Well, and driving that sort of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, just flip that middle finger up. He says you're number one all the time. He threw some shade at me earlier today. Oh, po- uh, yes. yeah. What was that about Something a pony show? Dog, dog, and, pony. dog and pony show? What was it here? I barely had time. I came straight from work to here, so I haven't had a chance to... Driving the back roads of southern Wisconsin today and saw a sign for a pony show. Why did I immediately think of Alan Drummond? I don't know, John. Why did you immediately think of me? <laughs> It's a dog and pony show, baby. <laughs> Is there any better show? What, what kind of establishment are you running? <laughs> I honestly don't know. So, yeah, hopefully we can, uh, I want to see if we can get Steve in here and uh, chit-chat with him for, yeah, for a couple he, of hours. He'll make a, he'll make a good couple of shows. And, and that, that loop he did was just phenomenal. It was uh, some, uh, over 14 months, but 9,000 kilometers, which in American is about 5,000 Five, miles, 6, give or miles, take, yeah. um, uh, all through the Great Lakes, down through Chicago, the Mississippi, the Gulf of Mexico, across Florida, and up the Atlantic seaboard, and back around through the St. Lawrence and all that, starting in Halifax, ending in Halifax, and it's, uh, he's got some stories, he had some wonderful people he met along the way, you just meet people on the shore, and Steve himself is just this joyful, um, He's one of those guys that he don't think he has a, a bad bone in his body. You know, he was a he was a submariner with the Royal Navy for I think 172 years. He was a ambulance dispatcher for a number of years before he decided to take. I think he either just quit and did this, or no, no, he did it to celebrate his 60th birthday. I think he kind of took early retirement and got some savings together and um, came over here to raise money for nine different naval charities: uh, Great Britain, Canada, and the U.S. and um, yeah, it uh, he'll 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 definitely be a, a joy to have on. Um, it's from south of England, so you may have to subtitle some of the podcast if he gets a little carried away. We'll do sign language. Sign language talking. <laughs> for, for those that can understand, we will be doing sign language. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I, I, I so when on my East Coast, part of my East Coast um, 
I did end up hooking up with them. Me and Steve tried to, we kind of crossed paths a few times over the past 14 months. And finally it was in uh, New Brunswick and then I got to paddle with them in Nova Scotia. So I did want to paddle some of the uh, the Trent Severn uh, canal system with them last year. And for reasons that I forget, that, that, that didn't happen. And then in January and February when I was down in Florida for three and a half weeks or however long that was, um, he was paddling up the eastern seaboard. But he was a lot quicker than I thought he was going to be. So he yeah. was up into dry suit territory before I was available to um, paddle with them after I was paddling with the manatees with uh, John Van Berger and his lovely wife. And Who we have not met, but we heard. I've met. Yeah. Because I was paddling with her. Well, we were, we were making fun yeah. of John, and we she yeah. came on between takes. <laughs> and we're like, we can hear you back there. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, after I was paddling with them, visiting with my parents who are semi-retired, not semi-retired, retired, but spent part of their winter down in Florida, um, and paddling the Keys and that. But I just wasn't prepared to do cold Atlantic paddling. Um and, and had to get back to for work anyway. Um, so I missed a chance to paddle the eastern seaboard with Steve. Even though at one point he posted on my wall, he's like, really kind of need somebody to paddle with. That's, uh, you know, spring in the Atlantic can be, leaves something to be desired, I guess, coming yeah. through the Carolinas and Georgia and ultimately New Jersey, New York, and all the rest of the states above that. Um, but I did get a, finally get a chance to paddle with them when I was out in the East Coast just, uh a few weeks ago there, um, which was joy. Um, well, before we get into your full East Coast trip. Yeah. Um, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the Manhattan Project. We're going to talk about Book Club. Yeah, a different Manhattan Project. <laughs> oh, oops, sorry. Which led to your, your paddling with Steve. Yes, yes. Uh, your Alan's Book Club, which apparently is just as good as Derek's Book Club. <laughs> So let's 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 take a quick break and we'll be right back after this. Hi, this is Derek Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners. So if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. Uh, So while we were taking a break here, Alan, you told me that you are celebrating 45 years? In Canada. 45? I didn't realize that you weren't born in Canada. I was not born in these parts. Who let you in? I was born in Dunfermline, Scotland. In the Kingdom of Fife. And that's where I got the uh, the name for my company, Kingdom Outdoor Products. Really? You know, some people are born in a hospital, some people are born in a city, a town, a county, maybe a state. This guy? I was born in a kingdom. You are born in a kingdom. Born in a kingdom. 
Yeah. Explains a lot, doesn't it? This guy, <laughs> legends aren't born, they're made. <laughs> oh, so awesome. yeah. yeah, so 45 years ago, 1974, August, whatever the date is today, 21st, um, immigrated here with uh, my mom and dad, my two older brothers. I was just uh, not quite two years old, um, hence no accent. And, um, yeah, I've been uh, in Canada ever since. Did a little foray into Ohio for a few minutes uh, back in the late 90s, early 2000s. But other than that, yeah, it, uh, we've been uh, in Canada. Um, Western Canada as a child. And uh, Where'd you live out west? We lived in Thompson, Manitoba. Oh, been there. Um, that was our first stop. So in 1974, my dad had two job offers. He had... You know, he's a coal miner uh, in Scotland. He had two job offers. South uh, Eastern Africa in northern Rhodesia, which is now Zambia, I think, and Thompson, Manitoba. <laughs> so we moved to Thompson, Manitoba. And like, Why? <laughs> uh, just job opportunity. They had three young boys and uh, saw the writing on the wall with the future. Winter heat. Well, <laughs> job opportunity for, you know. <laughs> Massive black flies, lions. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and the end of colonialism in Africa yeah. was on the horizon. Uh, so it was uh, kind of a smart move. And uh, yeah, we've been here since. Another brother came along along the way. Um, after Thompson, we were in Edson, Alberta, which is directly halfway between Edmonton and Jasper on mm-hmm. the Yellowwood Highway. And then a uh, little mining town uh, in your neck of the wood where you did part of your growed it up. And uh, you're in Yorkton. We were in yep. Lanigan, Saskatchewan. Oh, good old Lanigan. Lanigan. Yeah. yeah. And then Saskatoon and then uh, Mississauga. Wow. Uh, that's quite the I've been jump. here since 86. So I've been here. You know what? I think I was here about 87. Okay. 86, 87. Right. We ended up in uh, the Toronto area. Where were you right before here? Uh, Petawawa. And where before there? Uh, Yorkton, North Bay, Cold Lake, Moosonee. I spent some time in Moosonee. Yeah. When I went up there for a summer job when I was 19, came home a year and a half later. <laughs> <laughs> One of the funnest, uh, most educational times of my life. Uh, wonderful place to uh, yeah. spend some time. Wonderful people, still friends with some people from up there. Always itching to go back, you know. To, if only I had friends who did a canoe trip or something up there at some yeah, point. Yeah, we should do a canoe trip been, up uh, there. Nice to have come along, but you know, a nice fall to... canoe trip, <laughs> followed with by very little water, <laughs> followed by fifty-three canoes. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, the amount of people that wanted to go on that trip. Oh, I know. If if I would have published that we we're going, but how many people had lived in Moosonee that wanted to go on that trip? One other guy. One other guy. But who me. doesn't know how to solo a canoe? This guy. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, I so forgive. I forgive I you. Did, I, 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 I don't forgive Scott, but I do. I forgive you. Uh, I did the rapids backwards. So. <laughs> That's not how they're supposed to be done. Oh, I don't do thing. I don't do normal. <laughs> yeah, we know. Have we you know. Have figured this out yet? I've not run rapids before. All right, so I'm going to run rap and. I'm going to do it backwards. Where was Scott while you were doing this? Filming At it, the I other hope. end, turning around going, what, uh, what is he doing? <laughs> All he hears is, woohoo, as I get to the bottom and turn around. But hold on. Was running backwards, running the rapid backwards, the bullet point in the dossier? 
<laughs> or was the dossier out the window at that point in the trip? Oh, the dossier was out the window at that point. <laughs> Way out the window. I think we used it for a fire starter on day two. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was way out the window at that point. Um, that was that was a low point in the water, that's for sure. Low uh, point in the trip, yeah, too. Low <laughs> point in the trip. No, you know what? We we were looking at. We didn't want to go do the white. Neither of us did the white water, so figure we're going to get out. And we'll. I mean, it wasn't massive, mm-hmm. massive white water or anything. Uh, figured we'll get out and we'll portage around it. But then it's like a mile and something portage and it's all boulders. Yeah. And it's like. Well, that's even hard to line it. And it, yeah. yeah. Oh, you could. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't. And um, it was a point of, you know, it's getting dark. We need to find a spot. Okay, let's go. So he went first <laughs> and I and went. you went backwards. <laughs> well, it wasn't supposed to happen that way. How'd you get turned around? I found a rock. Okay. And I got the front front of my canoe found the rock, okay. pinned on it, so the back of the canoe pivoted around, and okay. as I pivoted yeah. around, the front end came off. And I'm like, "Well, I'm backing up now." <laughs> so, you know, I put my arm over and just looked over my shoulder. <laughs> no okay. backup cameras yeah. on this on yeah. the Swift now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to to Swift. Yeah, can you put backup cameras on your <laughs> your your Prospector 16s? Thanks. <laughs> That'd be swell if we could do that. That'd be awesome. Thanks. Um, yeah, so that was that was quite the experience. I don't think I want to repeat. But hey, I lived to tell the tale. You did, yeah. So speaking of Scotland, speaking of Scotland, let's speak of the Aberdeen kayak. Oh, let's speak of. So anyway. Alan's Book Club, as good as Derek's book club, but more kayaky, <laughs> and just as less open. <laughs> just a, books, so anyway, this less book, opened. So, as many of you may or may not know, I'm more of a kayaker than I am a canoeist or canoeer. Um, and this book kind of came across my eyes a bunch of years ago. It's called "Searching for the Finman" by Norman Rogers, who's uh, from Scotland, Aberdeen, up in the. Uh, East coast of Scotland there. And the Finman refers to this gent um, back in this early 1700s who washed ashore in Aberdeen. And they figured he was from Greenland. Um, Sealskin kayak, uh, had his hunting gear, his uh, harpoon, his norsack, his Greenland paddle, the whole nine yards. Um, all very, well, back in the day, it would have been just well, now we call it traditional, but back in the day it would have just been normal. It would be all seal skin, uh, driftwood, whale bones, all that kind of thing. The, the, the kayak is still preserved. It's at the Aberdeen, uh, at a museum in Aberdeen. And the book just tells a tale of um, this guy who washed ashore, uh, this uh, Inuit person. And um, he lived just for a couple of days on shore. Of course, uh, the Scottish Highlanders and the uh, the Greenlandic probably couldn't communicate back then. I don't think there was um, much in the way of uh, um, knowing each other's language. And um, I haven't opened the book other than there's some pretty nice pictures of the kayak <laughs> and some other <laughs> historical artifacts. I looked at the and, pictures. Uh, I bought a the whole book. lot of pages that none of which are dog-eared. So I do look forward to reading this by the time next time I'm taking over for Derek here, and uh, maybe I can tell you what the boat's actually the book is actually about. And um, 
Yeah, so it, uh, when I came across it, actually, um, it was only available through the author, who is a gent in his 70s, and um, sent a message out to a bunch of uh, kayaking friends. Um, I think I bought about six or eight of them off of them, had them posted to a cousin who was coming to Canada in a short period of time, and uh, I'm not even sure if he had any left, because I think he only had about 12 or 15 of the copies left, so... This could be a pristine last, a pristine, <laughs> a pristine co- copy. That's like the last unread. Thing. It's like a comic book in uh, in one of the uh, wrappers, eh? <laughs> Just about. But I do uh, hope to get into it. Uh, it is in the uh, you know on my pile to read uh, coming up. So so um, searching for the Finmen. Searching for the Finmen by Norman Rogers, an unplanned journey journey in homage to the kayak and its Inuit masters. Cool. You'll have to read it one year and tell. When did, how many years ago did you get this? Uh, uh, three days ago. Uh, six, seven. Three days ago, give or take yeah. seven years. Yeah, something like that. Wow. Yeah. Well, well I think you've got Derek beat. <laughs> Derek buys a book and then tells us he didn't read it. Like within the year. Within days. Well, within months. Da- yeah. Whatever. But not oh, seven can't, years. Can't, can't be too, too long ago. This, this edition was published in 2012. Seven years ago. So. <laughs> Alan's book club, like Derek's book club, only more kayaky. <laughs> and less read. And less read books. <laughs> That's your one book. At least Derek owns more books. <laughs> well, I own a lot of books. Most of them are read. Comic books don't count. Oh, sorry. Graphic novels <laughs> don't count. Archie digests. They don't Betty count. Betty and Veronica. Betty and Veronica. Yeah, they don't. Richie Rich. What do you... What about you, Betty or Veronica? Uh, yes, please. Okay. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> Beggars choosing, whatever. Yeah, whatever, you know. Uh, so. So Betty then, right? Yeah. Like everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah. everybody goes Betty. Gilligan, or not Gilligan. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> so, ba- Dipper. okay, here's a segue. Back to Moose. So when I went up to Moose and I was cooking at the Polar Bear Lodge. Okay. And I wore this, it was like a fake Tilly hat. And the uh, the brim snapped up, and I don't think I was there ten minutes, and my nickname for the year and a half I was there stuck, and even to this day my friend from Moosonee still call me Gilligan. Gilligan. <laughs> In fact, one friend at my going away party, somebody I'd known for a good part of the year and a half I was there, and my going away party the night before I got got out of there asked me, "What's your name?" <laughs> He had no idea what my, what my actual name was. He just knew me as Gilligan. That's awesome. <laughs> so anyway, back to that. Marianne. Marianne, Marianne or Ginger. <laughs> Everybody chooses Marianne. Well, that a bit of a thing for redheads, but in that case, Ginger's too high maintenance. She's just yeah. too high You're not a Mrs. Howell person, huh? No. 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 <laughs> anyway. Before we go into the danger zone... <laughs> So you, we actually talked about, uh, one of the movies we saw at the film festival, we we're talking about the film festival, uh, was about the Manhattan, uh, circumnavigation. Yes. Um, and you, they do it, they were going to do it this year. They were. Uh, I was going to do it You were going to go. So. Uh, John Van Berger was going to go. And. Yeah, but then he hurt his finger or something. Yeah, then he <laughs> snapped a finger in his ear or something. Um. And you had a few friends that were going to go, but it went sideways. It, uh, 
It did. Um, so this year, 2019, would have been the 16th annual uh, Manhattan Circumnavigation put on by the Yonkers Paddling and Rowing Club. Um, the thing has a name. The Jerry Blackstone uh, Manhattan Kayak Circumnavigation. So it was like a circumnavigation, but 30, well, it is 30 miles around Manhattan. So right. up the Hudson, down the Harlem, down the East River, and back to where you started on Hudson. Or in this, this year's case, it was actually going to go um, counterclockwise. So down the Hudson, up the East, up the Harlem, down the Hudson until your starting point, either on the Manhattan side or on the Jersey side. Um, so we're, we're all geared up to do that. There's going to be five of us coming down from Toronto, going down from Toronto for it. Um we had a pre-trip meeting on the uh, Monday or Tuesday before. We all had Canada hats we were going to wear. I had my little flagpoles with the Canada flags. I'd mount to my foredeck and rear deck, just like I did on the Mississippi paddle a few years ago, and uh, totally represent Canada. And then on Wednesday, it went boo 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 boo. Um, so, like much of the eastern seaboard, Manhattan has been experiencing quite hot weather this summer. Right. Um, and we were looking at the forecast, and we'd actually talked about it when we had our uh, little trip meeting there on the Wednesday or Tuesday before the event. Um, and it looked like it was going to be stupid hot. Not right. just hot, not just really hot, but stupid hot. Um, and the forecast was unchanging. There to be little wind, so little relief. And you had 150 kayakers out on the water that's tidal. Um, like that with not much reprieve because there's not a lot of places you can land. Um, and it was supposed to be around 46 degrees Celsius or 115 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, so I think it was a Wednesday evening or maybe, yeah, it must be in the Wednesday, the Wednesday at some point, cause we were supposed to leave. Most of us were leaving the Thursday. So on Wednesday morning or afternoon, we got an email saying that, um, it'd be canceled. Um, not just postponed cause the rain date was for the Sunday, which was to be equally as hot. And, uh, yeah, so it, um, that was unfortunate, but, uh, you know, I'm sure they, um, met with their safety people and whoever was in charge of, uh, all that. Well, with all the heat and everything like that, you're just, yeah, you don't want 150 kayakers with no place to land and then yeah. overheating, um, yeah. fresh water would be, you'd have to carry all your own fresh water. Um, oh, you don't want to drink out of the Hudson? Mm. I think Sully dropped a plane load in there, and I don't know if they evacuated the uh, the blue water out of that or not a number of years ago. You know, still so, in there. Eh, might still be there. So, yeah, no. So you'd have to carry all your own uh, water. Um, of course, that's going to warm up. So it, it, cooling yourself off would have been hard. Yeah. There was, I think, three places where we do land throughout, but it's 12 hours. Um, so, you know, you're out there for a few hours, 115 degrees or 46 Celsius. Yeah, not You're going to get plan. hot. Yeah. Um, and then you're also battling the tide, you're battling the ferry boats, the cat taxis, the pleasure boats, the cruise ships, the warships, who else knows what's coming up, uh, into New York Harbor at any given day. Bodies. So it, it was, uh, it was the right decision to make by yeah. the, uh, organizing, organizing crew. Um, looking forward to next year. They just, um, they, what was it? It's about a hundred dollars U.S. to register for the event. Um, it's a charitable organization that runs it. Um, a lot of volunteer work, 
got volunteers uh, help run it. So they did keep a portion of our uh, fee, which I thought was fair. It, um, you know, it was a couple bucks and uh, the rest of the uh, money they either refunded you or put towards your uh, ticket for next year. So, right. so we're all geared up and looking forward to going down next year. Um, I've had a couple other friends who've done it in the past and they've enjoyed it. So it, uh, yeah, so next uh, July or August, hopefully it's a little bit cooler and... A little more fun, so. Yeah, I figured they maybe would have had a rain date. They did. It was far, the day after. No, I mean, like, oh. farther along. But you got people traveling, like, you know, we're traveling from nine hours away. It'd yeah. be, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot of um, pieces to put together. I'm sure the New York Harbor Authority's involved, the uh, New York Harbor Police, the Coast Guard's probably involved. Yeah. Probably an organization like the St. John Ambulance or something's involved for health and safety reasons and that, too. So it's just a lot of moving pieces, maybe, to have two dates that aren't, very next close to each together. other yeah so yeah. it's uh this would have been their 16th year i'm sure they know what they're doing better than we know what we're thinking about doing i <laughs> know what we're doing <laughs> there's days i don't even even know how i get up and out the house in the morning so <laughs> more power to them so anyway yeah so i was supposed to do the manhattan circumnavigation and then i was going to bomb up to nova scotia to spend um five days in, down near yarmouth little town called West Pubnico, where I'd rented a house um, from our good friends, uh, Christopher Lockyer. You've met him. Yep. Um, committed to the core sea kayak coaching. Um, he's got a little place, uh, the kayak clubhouse down in West Pubnico. And um, yeah, so instead of going to Manhattan, I just uh, I wasn't as rushed to get there now. So I left uh, on Thursday and uh, made it to Bangor, Maine um, Thursday evening. And um you know, that's about my fourth time through Bangor, Maine. And I've usually always rolled in there quite late at night, either coming west or going east. And I've always just kind of pulled in, found Wi-Fi, went on Hotels.com and got someplace pretty cheap, pretty clean. Spent a few hours sleeping there and get on my way. So I tried it just that time. Not a room to be had. <laughs> Best Western, $349. I'm like, Ooh. this can't be right. So I try another couple of hotel websites and... The same Best Western at $350 keeps showing up. U.S. for Best Western. Oh, yeah, Florida happening. Georgia Line was playing in town that night. There's a casino in Bangor, Maine. They had some band shell down at the park or something. And right. they have some summer concert series. So Florida Georgia Line was playing that night. And I guess every room in town was sold out. They're a big ticket item in Maine. They, I think they're a big ticket item anywhere they go. Are they? Yeah, they, they they won some awards, and I recognize them, and I don't listen to that kind of music. I so mean, they must oh, play. I know the name, but... Yeah, it's like Chris Stapleton. I'm sure it's, you know, famous to some people, but not so much to me, so... Yeah. So, the Subaru Outback. Seat goes way back, and it's a nice, comfy sleep for about <laughs> four and a half hours at the back of a parking lot on the... Or a gas station parking lot on the way out of town, and, uh... Get yeah. some shut eye out of there. Woke up a little after dawn and filled up, uh, got some coffee and uh, went up and crossed the border at Calais, Maine and St. Stephen's, New Brunswick. Um, had some breakfast. Uh, I was funny, sitting in a diner in the main street in Calais, Maine. Looking at Canada <laughs> across the <laughs> river. Oh yeah, because that's just the one that's right across. The yeah, river. it's yeah. like 
And when the tide's out, because that's part of the Bay of Fundy, the yeah. lower port, part of the Bay of Fundy, so it's, you know, 20-odd feet of tide, there's maybe, if you were to swim it, 100 feet of water to swim. <laughs> you got to walk across a couple hundred feet of mud flats first, but... <laughs> I, I went swam down, to Canada. Yeah, <laughs> went down to one of the docks, and it's like, that's, that's Canada over there, you know? It's a pretty funny... Um, Start walking. Yeah. And uh, made it to St. John, um, where I've got some friends from when I lived in Alberta and uh, spent some time with them. Uh, I guess about a night and an afternoon. And uh, St. John area is nice. I like that. Um, didn't get my boat in the water there, but I did um, just south, I guess that's southwest of St. John. I did manage to uh, connect with uh, Steve Shard and um, Robert Vlug of Eastern Outdoor, Eastern Outfitters. He's a... Uh, the boat that Steve's using, which is an NDK, I'll, I'll lie if I say the name, but I'm going to say Explorer, maybe. Um, so he's a dealer for that brand of boats, uh, Nigel Dennis uh, Kayak Designs, and um, he's been helping Steve out a lot on his uh, travels and with the boat and on the eastern shore there. So I saw, saw, saw them off from um, where they put in that day, and then I met them as they came back ashore in uh, St. John, and while they were out kayaking there for four or five hours that day, I did a couple of hikes. Checked out a couple lighthouses and connected with them again for a few minutes, and then went and uh, spent some time with uh, some friends in St. John, and uh, got the ferry the next day. After visiting a couple farmers markets, riding a couple of ferry, that was a three ferry day. It's a new record for me. And, uh, yeah, because we keep saying pictures on Facebook. Yeah, I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. <laughs> I'm on another boat. I'm on a boat watching other I'm boats. A boat. <laughs> You Watching my boat. With a goat yeah. and a boat in a moat. <laughs> so around St. John, there's a couple of peninsulas and a couple of, along the St. John River there. Um, in fact, where my friend lives is actually, Derek said, about five minutes from where he went to high school. Oh, yeah? He claimed to go to high school. I where believe he, he went to high school. He probably did. Well, yeah. I, th- I think he did. Yeah. So that was near uh, Quispamsis, uh, New Brunswick, and there's... Um, yeah, so a couple of free ferries uh, run by the New Brunswick government there to get uh, people across to these islands and um, peninsulas. And then went into the town waiting for my the big ferry from St. John to Digby. And um, they had the Busker Fest going on in town that day. Didn't really see much of it. Just, but... Digby usually has a big uh, biker fest, too. We were yes. down there. We were down there. We did the wheel watching and stayed in Digby for a couple of days. That sounds familiar. Yeah. And yeah, there was a big uh, wharf rat biker rally or something like that that's like way out of the way that's a long drive to get there (laughs) or a ferry ride yeah or a ferry ride yeah yeah. (laughs) probably brings a probably probably a good weekend i'm sure so uh met a friend i used to work for work with and digby which is nice to see carol again after uh, a couple years and got some digby Digby scallops i guess they're famous for their scallops and uh big ones went to at this very locally looking place on the side of the highway, Ed's, Ed's Fried Fish or something. Had some scallops and some uh, clams. Excellent. And I made my way down to um, Christopher Lockyer's uh, Kayak Clubhouse there in West Pubnico, uh, which is about uh, 30 minutes from Yarmouth, which I guess is about the biggest city down southern uh, Nova Scotia there. And uh, just rested. Got some vacation. Um, you know, I pulled in there Saturday night. Um, big five bedroom house to myself, uh, overlooking, you know, you can look out one window, you see the bay and the other windows, uh, kind of the, the one road that goes through town and, um, 
you know, talking to the neighbors on Monday and they're like, oh, you're alive. <laughs> a little East Coast hospitality. <laughs> They'd seen me pull in Saturday and hadn't really seen a whole lot of action until I went out for lunch on Monday. <laughs> and the, uh, the lady's like, we're sure we're going to find you dead in there. <laughs> it's like, okay. So, you know. Because they're all uh, active out there. Yeah. It, uh, yeah so did some uh, kayaking uh, down there. It's a lot of varied um, different types of water. There's tidal races. It's down kind of outside the Bay of Fundy now. So the, the tides aren't as extreme. But um, you can still find some pretty fun and dynamic uh, water if you want to. Or flat calm water if you want to right. but being a great lakes kayaker it's definitely um got to get used to checking the tides and well, and some current f- flows and all that kind of stuff the first time i met chris uh he was doing the thing at the complete paddler mm-hmm. about paddling the coast yeah uh and they would give little things okay here's your map here's your your weather and all that and you had to you know plan plan your little mm-hmm. route and yeah, and you're like, oh yeah, tides, yeah, they're coming, and the winds, and and all this, and you really had to start planning that. Oh, there's no water there at that time yeah. of day. <laughs> I'm going paddling for two feet. <laughs> yeah, you, you're. It's yeah. not like it's like going down the road down here and throwing it into Lake Ontario. You actually yeah. got to plan stuff. You do, and um, if you don't, you get in. You you can get in trouble. There's a lot of little yeah. islands down there. There's tidal races that run d- down between them. Um, Chris had given me some local info on some decent places to go where it didn't really matter the the time or that. You just may have to walk further with your boat when you come back, <laughs> or walk further when you get there. So um, yeah, so that was in uh, West Pubnico. Um, so I was down there, like I said, for five days. Did one uh, paddle out on my own. Um, down in one of the bays down there and I was putting my boat in and, um, I just put my skirt on and getting ready to paddle away and this pickup truck came down and the guy comes down and fills a bucket of water at the boat launch and he's like, careful, careful, the great whites. And I was like, ha ha ha. Like, you know, it's like, take, take the Mickey out of the, the Ontario license plate guy. Right. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, 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 I'll keep an eye out for them. He's like, oh, we got a handgun or something for protection. And then, like, my ears perk up. I'm like, oh, really? What? He's like, yeah, they're tracking three great whites down in that area. And I'm like, okay, I'll keep an eye out for them. You know, as my <laughs> voice gets higher. And uh, he drives off, and I kind of go off to the side, and I'd, like, uh, pull the phone out and Google, you know, great white shark you know Yarmouth Nova Scotia and sure enough they've got three trackers on uh um the sharks uh, one of the research organizations and uh one of them sure enough was that uh, the day before had been tracking down um right near where I was uh, a shark called Cabot which was about 12 and a half feet long so I was up for three or four hours that afternoon and uh, of course anything I saw that wasn't like gray water with a, a great white shark in my head but um <laughs> no bumps on the bottom of the boat and i kind of figured okay i don't know if this was just ignorance thinking this but i'm t- the boat's 12 or the shark's 12 foot long i'm 17 feet long maybe he won't come after me but anyway had a lovely paddle um tide was in when i came back so i didn't have as long a walk back to the car which was good um just paddled through a few of the islands um Paddled past a couple of fish farms, a couple of rainbow trout fish farms. Right. Um, about 30 meters across, fish are jumping all over the place. It's uh, pretty interesting to see. I never knew what a fish farm looked like. And 
Now I do. Tons of pot or uh, buoys marking pots of all kind, I guess. Uh, fishermen Crab there. pots and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know what's in season in the middle of summer, but there's tons of pots out there. So, um, yeah, so that was the one day. The next day is uh, getting some local seafood for lunch. Um, couldn't get enough of it. Um, all these little restaurants, uh, it was, you know, fried clams or mussels or seafood chowders or um uh the scallops um again fish and chips uh one of the places i went it was all you can eat fish and chips i think i think three plates came my way two plates wow i got i got my fill anyway but uh and then you went to that fish fry yeah so that was a few days later in prince edward island at the uh the the malpac uh united church uh fish fry um yeah uh, had uh, on when I was on PEI, I got uh, tons of scallops, lobster. It's nonstop food. It was. Were, were, it you, was, were you kayaking I was well fed. or were you I eating? Was well fed. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but back to Nova Scotia. Uh, and Steve Shard finally caught up with me. Um, so I was going to attempt to paddle into Yarmouth with him one day. Um. And he was paddling down the last stretch of the Bay of Fundy. I went out to meet him about midday. Uh, but the tide had turned on him, and he was just knackered. Um, so I spent the afternoon together. We got some lunch. Um, kind of reprovisioned him a little bit. Had uh, some dinner with some lovely people from the southwest Nova Scotia paddling uh, community. Um, realized that Nova Scotia has a large canoe um canoeist uh, population as well i didn't realize the interior of nova scotia had so many canoe routes and yeah um they're telling me about going out for five or six days and i'm like but it's such a skinny wee province how can you go for five or six days and um very varied routes from flat water rivers and lakes to little bits of white water and stuff and um yeah it'd be definitely neat to get back and explore uh well, part, we were, parts of that we were talking kejim kujik you the can par- pronounce it. I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Kevin Callan did a video because he went out Who? there. Kevin Kevin Callan? Never heard of him. Yeah. Uh, he, he, the kayak? He, uh, no, he hangs around with Andy Baxter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy's a good it's guy. Andy Baxter sidekick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he went He went up to Kujik and uh, was there for a while doing some paddling and stuff. Okay. Uh, now, we went there uh, to check it out um, and said so we'd love to go back and do some trips. And the one comment we made is, yeah, and they have the rangers that go out in the boats every day just to check on people. They must be bored. <laughs> I'm thinking, if I'm sitting there backcountry <laughs> and someone comes pulling up in a motorboat to say, hey, how you guys doing? I'm just like, really? <laughs> Do they bring you new firewood or anything? I don't know. I'll figure, hey, if you're making the trip, buddy, right? bring well. Timmy's and... Yeah. Uh, I'll give you a or list Or you bring tomorrow. your first two days of gear with you, and then they bring like day three through six yeah. or something, you know? Yeah. Well, if you're coming in, grab some lobsters, bring them in with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, make a, make a beer run for us. <laughs> like if you're making the trip, right? Make it worthwhile. You may as well. But yeah, there, there is, I was surprised at uh, uh, how many canoe routes and stuff and that you can do in Nova Scotia. Because yeah, like you say, it looks like a small little skinny province. But... It looks like it's got a lot to offer for both sea kayakers and, um, and canoeists. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so hooked up with Steve. Uh, we spent the, the afternoon and evening together. Um, 
he went off to, I forget who billeted him that night, but it was a very nice gentleman, retired school teacher whose name escapes me at the moment. And then we all met in the Armouth Harbor the next morning. There's about seven or eight of us, including some media, and uh, paddled out of Yarmouth Harbor. Um, the media and a couple other people turned around a couple miles in. A few others uh, uh, turned around at the end of the harbor. And then Steve and I uh, paddled from Yarmouth to the Tuna Wharf uh, in Wedgeport. Um, or the Tuna Wharf Museum in Wedgeport. It was about 30 kilometers paddles of uh, 18, 19 mile. Um okay. Decent day, lovely day, a uh, little bit overcast, so the sun wasn't too bright, nice temperatures, probably in the 70s, low 80s, uh, 25 to 30 degrees. Um, the forecast said there were swells of one to two meters at times. I think we definitely had one meters, we definitely had two meters, and I think at a couple of times we actually could add to one in the two meters. <laughs> um, so that's something we don't get on Lake Ontario yeah, uh, or on the Great Lakes, uh, swells like that. But they're fun. You'd kind of ride up it and ride down. It was like a, in a, a roller coaster to Kitty Land or something, you know. It was uh, Some of them worked for us uh, where we got a little bit of a, a ride on them. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a good paddle. Uh, end of the day, like I said, at the Wedgeport uh, uh, Tuna Wharf Museum and... Um, which apparently is like the home of some big uh, tuna competition that's been running for like 80 or 90 years. Presidents and celebrities and mobsters and all that have come and they catch like 500 pound and like 800, 900,000 pound tunas offshore here. They go out three or four hours. 900,000 pound tuna? 900 pounds. <laughs> you missed a comma in there between 900 and 1,000. <laughs> I'll play this back yeah. for you. You said 900,000 pounds. That is one big, big tuna. tuna. Dude. <laughs> Even the 900 pound one on its own was a pretty big tuna. So that's some replica. Well, very nice museum. The people couldn't have been friendlier, um, especially when they heard about what Steve was doing and... Um, Going around the Great Loop and uh, welcome with open arms. Put a pot of coffee on. Let him keep his boat there for the night. That's where he started off uh, the next day. And um, when I go back uh, later that night or maybe it was the following day and look to see the shark trackers, mm-hmm. it looked like we were possibly paddling with Hal at some point. Um, the tracker did kind of cross paths with us, but... I guess the, the trackers only ping when they come to the surface. So. They got to be, I think, close to the yeah. surface. Yeah. So, but, so there's there's three sharks: Cabot, Hal, Hal and Jane. Jane, Jane was was uh, well away from us. She was well east of us. Um, and in fact, I think the day I was leaving Yarmouth, which was uh, the following day, um, she was up sighted up near uh, Halifax. Okay. So it, uh, she was well out of the way. But Hal and Cabot, um, they were hanging out down around. Uh, Yarmouth and um, just east of there, um, Clark's Harbor and Shag Harbor, Barrington Passage. That's that's where I th- uh, where I think um, that's where Hal like was was at when I left. Um, so that was uh, a, l- a little concerning. It was in the back of the mind at all times. Me and Steve were paddling along. We're probably three or four miles, six seven kilometers away from the end of the paddle. We could see the Tuna Wharf Museum in the distance. And then we hear the splash behind us. And when I turned and looked, couldn't see anything. I'm like, okay, there's definitely a bloody splash. It's a beaver. They don't have beavers in salt water. <laughs> Saltwater beaver. 
Saltwater snaggle tooth beaver. <laughs> so a couple minutes later, this splash fresh on my mind, thinking there's a you know a fifty foot long great white shark circling beneath us, and I see something in the corner of my eye, and it looks like a uh, one of the, the 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 fishing pot buoys, but it's like gray or very dark. And then a second or two later, it's gone. It's like I'm looking at it from my peripheral vision. And it was gone. I'm like, what the hell? And a few minutes later, it was back. And then I got a better look at it this time. And this time I had a face. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Habit. It wasn't Cab. It wasn't Jane. It was a, it was a sea lion. And he was looking at it for a minute. And then he'd go down. And then it came up again alongside, maybe 50 meters, 50 yards off, off uh, my right-hand side. And we heard another splash right after I'd seen him over there. So I'm like, okay, now there's two of them and they're playing with us. At least two of them. At least two of them. <laughs> and, um, and I said out loud, hey guys, don't you know there's a great white out here? And Steve says, maybe that's what they're telling us. Because <laughs> if you watch National Geographic, the great whites hunt seals. Yes. And love seals. Yes. So if there's seals in the area, chances could are be great whites in the area. We already be, know there's great yeah. whites in the area. But then I'm thinking if there's seals, that they're gonna go for the great whites are go for the shark or the seals, the seals before yeah. they're gonna go for me yeah. or Steve. And I can paddle faster than Steve. So I wasn't too worried. Well, that's, a, that's the same sort of thing with a bear, right? Yeah. All you got to do is outrun one of the guy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. Yeah. You're shark bait. But one thing I forgot to mention when the day I was solo paddled, a couple of days before I paddled with Steve. So I go out for three or four hours. I'm all concerned about this great white. And I come up. I load my boat on the car. I'm getting my gear. And this guy with one arm walks up to me. And he says, did you see any of the great whites? <laughs> And it's kind of prosthetic, but it's like old style. It's got the leather harness on. It's that hard plastic. And he's got the claw grippers. And I'm like, did I just jump into an episode of like Jaws 5 here or <laughs> something? Like, and uh, that, yeah, he, he was talking real. about, uh, you know, how they, 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 they track them. And they've always been around down here. It's always been on their, their minds. He was a lifelong uh, fisherman, retired now. And, uh... And one thing stuck with me that he said, he goes, if you're tracking three, there's probably 30. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You think so? I don't know. I didn't <laughs> Google that. <laughs> I didn't want to find out. <laughs> I didn't want to know how many I didn't know were there. Um, nice guy, uh, Kirk. Uh, you know, used to live in a house on the wharf. Um, now he just lives down the road and shared some stories with me and... Um, Knew where I was staying. So did several other people. You know, it's like... And he had a hook hand. And he had a hook hand. <laughs> um, I guess uh, since Christopher moved into the house, um, that uh, the old couple that had lived there had lived there for, you know, 700 years or something like that. And um, Alphonse was the guy's name. World War II hero. Um, ran a, uh, a mortar company. In World War II, landed on the beach at D-Day and that kind of thing. Uh, that's the stories Kirk would tell me. And gentleman has passed away a couple of years ago, and um, Christopher now owns their house. So now people see all the trucks and cars with all the kayaks, uh, right? You know, sea kayaks, right? So when they see someone they don't know, or or as they say out there, someone from away with a kayak, it's like 
probably staying out at the kayak clubhouse. So yeah. it's, uh, again, that small town hospitality and, um, you know, there's a couple other people I ran into the gas station, the restaurant and that. It's like, you know, they know who you are. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. They, they know. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's so. some, some people there. Yeah. So that was, uh, yeah. So five, five or so days in Yarmouth area and then, um, started making my way up to, uh, because the east and southeastern shore of Nova Scotia went to Shelburne, Nova Scotia. Beautiful little town right on the water. Um, visited a, a good friend of mine, Byrne. Visited his brother, George, who's taken over the Shelburne Barrel Museum. Um, and they make uh, uh, your wood barrels that fishermen have used for millennia. Uh, for their ropes, for their uh, gear, that kind of thing. So it, uh, he's... Uh, Moved up there to retire, and as he said, he's working harder for less. But enjoying it, and... Um, Don't they call them coopers? The guys that make barrels? Yes, they do. Yeah. They? Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. So he's out there coopering. He's out there coopering. Um, so spent a little bit of the morning with him before, uh, you know, some paying customers came and, uh, you know, stole him away from me, and... Um, had more seafood for uh, lunch there and dinner the night before, and then just kept making my way up. Uh, staying in the back roads as much as I could. Um, pulled into Crescent Beach in Lockport, uh, Nova Scotia. It's, uh, any old fellas like us might remember seeing an old $50 bill or the, the picture of the beach on the 50. Um, I think up until about the 80s or I something. I just remember the Mounties. The Mounties, the musical ride? Yeah. Yeah. Was there something on the 50 before that? Must have been. Okay, I'll believe you. We were probably too poor to have 50s. Crescent. I saw a picture of it and it looked familiar, so I must have had one of them at some point in my life. Sean will now Google $50 Canadian bills. No, I'm Googling Crescent Beach. Lockport, Nova Scotia. Because there's something... Typey, 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 typey. Crescent Beach vacation rentals. Oh, Lunenburg. That's why I was thinking. Crescent Beach, Lunenburg. Yeah, and then Lunenburg, the home of the Blue Nose, which is on our dime. Um, Trace and Ariana went out. Now, when we went, we did all of Nova Scotia. We, we toured all of Nova Scotia one, one summer. And we thought, oh, we're going to go see the Blue Nose. Yeah. Well, it was on dry docks being fixed and all that, so you couldn't see it. Trace and Ariana just went out this year. Oh, we're going to go to Lunenburg and see the Blue Nose. The Blue Nose was on the way here. In Tor- I saw the Blue Nose in Toronto earlier this summer. It just scrolled over. Oh, there you go. Okay. Oh, yeah, that is an old er, old, 50. old 50s. Yeah. Really Beautiful old beach, ones. cold as hell water, but really nice beach, tons of people on it. Um, and when I was driving away from there in this protected little harbor, um, there's this little, um, museum, I guess would be the best way to explain it. Guy had maybe 40 or 50 little model replica boats he had built from submarines to, um, oil tankers to cruise ships to a little replica of the Titanic hitting an iceberg just anchored right offshore um and that was just outside lockport 
And I'm sure at some point before we finish here, I'll figure out where that was, but you can't help but notice that it's these cute little boats. It looks like he's just a labor of love. Had a little donation box there, screwed to the fence, threw a couple bucks in, took some pictures. It was, uh, it was pretty neat. And even from, you know, you're 20, 30 feet away or whatever, you could see that there's a surprising amount of detail on them and that the guy has a little bit of uh, a sense of humor, you know, with the Titanic hitting the, uh, the, the iceberg. iceberg and then one of the uh, the oil rigs was kind of leaning. I'm like, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, there's submarine. There's a couple of like uh, military style boats and stuff there. The kayaker and it was uh, it was neat. So it was uh, just those things you just see off the back roads um, as you're traveling along um, was making my way up towards... Um, Peggy's Cove, Peggy's uh, Point Lighthouse eventually, yep. but, uh, and then I remembered that Oak Island. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. With right along the Curse of Oak Island, the TV show on Discovery Channel, I guess, probably. History. History Discovery Channel, Channel, yeah. Discovery, anyway. So that's just off the coast of Nova Scotia yep. there, so it's, uh, Take the plugged, that, plugged that into the GPS, and it was like 22 minutes away or something, so went over there. Not a whole lot to see. No. You can see some of the equipment in the woods and stuff in the distance, and you see the top of the, the drilling derrick and stuff, but they got an interpretive center with some of the artifacts and relics and books for sale and uh, history of the place and uh, what they're doing now, what they've done over the past hundred and some years, and... Um, there's tons of busy place tons of fans were stopping by to see it and um it's just like you see it on the show that skinny little uh road leading out to it across the causeway, causeway yeah. and uh you know this little uh looks like a bungalow that they've converted into a uh very well done interpretive center museum and got a couple of stickers and a fridge magnet and uh tattoos for my nieces and a sticker for my brother they love that show and um I watched it a couple times, not too many, but, uh, you know, I like anything to do with pop culture. So it was a neat little stop. Um, considered kind of putting the drone up to go take a, <laughs> take a look-see, but, uh, you know, there was all sorts of signs saying, you know, filming in progress and all that. So I didn't want to disturb anything to be that. Right. Hey, all with the drone. Yeah. Um, so the drone stayed in the car and, um, it was a neat little stop. Uh, stopped to see, uh family member in Halifax had some pizza and off to Prince Edward Island to visit some friends. Um, they got a lovely little place, uh, just outside Malpec or Malpeak, Malpec, Malpec, um, in Prince Edward Island. So again, stayed there three nights, two nights, three nights. I don't remember. It's all, all the days all kind of blur together, but again, nice beach day, a couple days on the beach, uh, driving around the Island. Always love Prince Edward Island. Just a slower way of life over there so yeah so all the beautiful. red beaches and everything lots yeah. of great food went to the uh, malpec united church for their saturday night fish fry um oh, doesn't have a don't they have a reverend there they do what, what's um, his very, name very revered reverend um in fact this church was close to closing when uh she came to town a couple of years ago um very interesting name apparently her name uh shelly or sheila her last name is Butt, B-U-T-T. But she has an interesting, intriguing nickname that she's gone by since she was a very young girl. Pix, P-I-X. So the sign out front is like Malpac United Church, Reverend Pix Butt. <laughs> you can't help but laugh. 
But uh, apparently she's a wonderful lady. Some other <laughs> friends of mine who are uh, also United uh, Church ministers um, were spending time PEI. They're still there, actually. And I'm like, oh, you got to go see uh, this reverend. And they're like, oh, yeah, she's an old friend. We know. We, we, we've known Pix for years. So it's, uh... But we got hustled. Me and oh, my friend got yeah. hustled. So little old church ladies will get you every time, buddy. Two little church ladies hustled me for five bucks. So... The fish fry was 15 bucks. You got a slab of fish, uh, Cavendish French fries, French fries was sponsoring it. So you got a big heap of fries, nice, really nice fish, very tasty, um, a drink, and you got dessert. You got some ice cream and some uh, strawberries. So we find a place on the grass, enjoy our drink and our, uh, our, our fish, and then um, they were serving up the, uh, the ice cream and the strawberries inside the, uh, the, the front door of the church. So me and Kevin, we, we wander up there to get our ice cream and strawberries. And um, there's a little sign beside there saying for an extra, I think it was an extra dollar, you could get more ice cream, double the ice cream. And for an extra 50 cents, they'd throw on a bunch more strawberries. And I was like the, uh, you know, that strawberries with all the juice that's in like the big bucket. Yep. You know, it was that strawberries. It wasn't like fresh strawberries or anything, but it was, you know, a buck 50 each, it acts double, whatever, right? It was, you know, it was, the money's going to uh, the church. So, so it was all fine. So it was going to be three bucks. Me and Kevin wanted uh, the double. And uh, so Kevin offered uh, $20 to the, the two ladies. And they're like, oh, you got anything smaller? We're kind of low on change. And um, I pulled out a fiver, gave it to the ladies, and they handed her their ice cream and said, thank you very much. And as we're walking away, so we picked up three ice creams. So one for me, one for Kevin, which we're supposed to have the double. And one for Michelle, Kevin's wife. It's supposed to be just the normal. They all looked the same. And then we're walking back. And I just kind of look at Kevin. He looks at me and I'm like, he's like, well, which one's got the double? I'm like, I really don't know. <laughs> and we're looking at him. And we're like, none of them have double. <laughs> They're all the same. And he's like, you get your change. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's supposed to be three bucks. I give them five. I'm like, no. And we just stopped and looked at each other. It's like, we just got hustled by the church lady. In the house of God. God. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? You're not going to go back. <laughs> right? And that's how the fight started. Exactly. <laughs> you just got to take it. You know, we went and sat and just. Eight or $3 extra worth of half of ice cream and strawberries we're supposed to get, which is, <laughs> judging by my waistline, was probably decent enough and amount anyway, but that was, the, that was the joke for the rest of the weekend that we just got, we got hustled by a couple of little old church ladies. I was hustled in the house of God. <laughs> <laughs> An <Yeah>. autobiography <laughs> by Alan Drummond. <laughs> Oh, oh man, hustle! So, uh, yeah, so that was yeah. So we walked, left there with our tail between our legs, you know, and uh, was going to go out kayaking the next day. But there's a uh, quite the south wind brewing um, across the whole island, so it uh, went and checked out a couple of places. But uh, there wouldn't be any room for me anywhere because all the kite surfers were out there. At one point, there had to be thirty kite surfers. Really? Out off this one place near Cavendish. Um, sat and checked them out, watched them for a little bit. Um, did some driving around the island. Uh, went and checked out some lighthouses, some beautiful lighthouses on the on the island. Down these little dirt roads and the car still has red mud caked in it. <laughs> um, even after washing it half a dozen times since I've been back at PEI mud. Um, 
Got some neat drone video of the lighthouses and that. And, uh, yeah, just kind of chill. Just had a relaxing time. It was, uh, you know, um, I haven't just had a holiday in a while where you just kind of just chill. You yeah. know, it's always being run, 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 run. So it was kind of nice at times in this one just to, you know, when I was down at Christopher's house in West Pubnicota, just put my feet up and throw the Netflix on and fall asleep. And, uh... Have people wonder if you're dead or not? <laughs> you <laughs> see them the next day, right? Yeah, the and, neighbors uh, <laughs> Yeah, so left PEI, and that's kind of about another week or so before I had to be home. Um, was kind of throwing it up in the air, which way to go, left or right? Uh, you know, left go up uh, the Cape Breton Trail. I've never been up that end of Nova Scotia, or uh, go right and go up to uh, northeastern Quebec to the Gaspé Peninsula, where Derek is now. And just kind of, uh, I actually put a, put it out to Facebook and, um, said left or right, meaning which way do I turn when I get off I the, uh, yeah. the bridge. And, um, I think most people said drive straight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of people said drive straight. There are some comical answers as well. It's like <laughs> people, come on. It's a simple question. And, uh. So anyway, I forget what the what the consensus was, but anyway, I'd, I'd, I'd kind of made my mind up leaving the island. I was going up to the gas bed. Never been up that way. Um, I'd heard it was beautiful. I remember my brother and his girlfriend going there 25 years ago or so, and probably longer than that, probably 30 years ago, because I was I was in my teens when Stuart would have went up, and um, I've always heard it's really beautiful. And and just before I left the island, somebody had said that they're their brother-in-law or something drives truck up up there and they said it's as beautiful if not more beautiful than the uh, Cabot Trail so um yeah so I went and spent the next uh, three or four days up on the Gaspé Peninsula um driving around absolutely stunning roads stunning scenery uh, mountains on your left the ocean on your right um so up through uh New Brunswick through Miramichi and and that uh cross into Quebec and then just uh drive around this big thumb, which is the Gaspé Peninsula sticking out, and stopped in um, Perth, or I guess it's probably Perse. Uh, Perse, yeah. Perse. There's uh, something there called the Perse Rock, which is just offshore of the town. It's this big, huge limestone stack formation that sticks up out of the water. What is it? I had it here... Almost 300 feet high. Uh, got a big, huge hole in the middle of it. Um, which when I was like researching about kayaking, once I knew about it and that, it's like, you know, don't kayak through the <laughs> hole. And well, I had to kayak through the hole. Um, went out on my own. It was, it was absolutely beautiful day to paddle. A little bit of rolling, uh, rolling, uh, seas. Uh, the tide was coming in. So there was enough water to, uh, kayak through the hole. I might've left a scratch or two, a gel coat behind, but, uh. Mixed it, with it, all the rest. Mixed with all the rest. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure if I'd looked, there would have been some blues and reds and every other color, right? Uh, and uh, no, it was just it was a beautiful place to paddle. There's some kayak groups out there. The wind was picking up. I was a little concerned, but then when I saw that there's a couple of uh, like touristy kayak groups out there, I'm like, okay, well if they're taking clients out, it can't be that bad. And yeah, and, and it wasn't. It was. It started picking up even more uh, as the afternoon went on. Um, but, uh, yeah, I got out and back, and uh, per se, it's a nice little town. They got uh, an older community there, some museums and stuff, and um, there's a lot of bikes there as well. Lots of bikes around, uh, around the whole Gas Bay there. It uh, seems to be a popular place for the, the, the motorcyclers to be out there. 
tooling about. Yeah. Um, left there, went to Gaspé, had a, had dinner, um, again, more seafood, uh, had a delicious lobster bisque and a seafood poutine or poutine as they call it in Quebec. Um, poutine, if you've never heard of it, is traditional, uh, Quebec dish. It's really good French fries, uh, cheese curds, and then traditionally it's a veal gravy. Uh, most places just use a beef gravy now, but this had lobster, scallops, crab, shrimp, and it was so good. It was so oh, delicious. I'm hungry now. <laughs> it was so <laughs> filling, like I rolled, rolled out of there. Um, and, uh, Gas Bay has this, uh, neat little, uh, museum kind of thing right down at the waterfront as well. Uh, kind of paying homage to Jacques Cartier, who uh, I guess, uh, was one of the first founders of that area Canada. That area found it, yeah. And, um... And then I stayed about an hour and a half from there. So that was a little, uh, you never want to be driving through like Maine, Quebec, New Brunswick at dusk and dark. Because every little reflecting thing you see on the side of the road is a two-ton moose. I didn't see any actual moose, but everything you see is a moose. Um, Finally made my way to the hotel in this little town. It's got about six different but six names in its name. Um, what was it? It was uh, Saint Anne du Riviere, du Riviere Saint Anne, or something like that. I'm sure I got that wrong, but anyway, stayed there a couple nights. Uh, backtracked to Forlorn National Park in Gaspé and did some hiking. Um, again, stopped and checking out more lighthouses. Uh, it's going to go kayaking, but that today I was going to go kayaking. The wind was really up and the seas were quite rough, white caps and all that. So just did some hiking around, uh, the national park, uh, checking things out. Uh, Cap Bonhomme didn't make it out all the way out to the end. Derek, I'll have to tell you about that in a future podcast. He was out there today or yesterday. Yep. Uh, did see a, a pretty cool waterfall, uh, just outside the park. Um, and then started making my way. So one of the friends I was supposed to do Manhattan with, that saw, saw on Facebook that she was in Quebec City. And I reached out to her. I'm like, Joyce, how much longer are you in Quebec City for? Because I'd likely be through there in a couple of days. She goes, well, we're leaving tomorrow. We're going to the Saguenay Ford or Fjord. 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 And um, I'm like, oh. What you doing there? She goes, well, we're going to go whale watching. And we got a couple of kayak uh, things booked. Um, her and her sister. A little getaway, right? And I'm like, I might just crash your party. Um, so the first night they get there, they went and did a, a powerboat uh, whale watching tour where the Saguenay Fjord meets the St. Lawrence River. And they did. They saw some whales. Um, and then the next day, her and her sister did a, a uh evening um kayak paddle on the fjord um about halfway up the fjord to saguenay itself but so about 50 kilometers from the saint lawrence so no whales but they saw some sea lions and um and uh had a lovely evening paddle and then they had uh the following day um joyce was going out with the fjord and fjord and kayak uh outfitter for a, a kayak tour so so i signed up for that uh made my way um there from gas bay uh went through what was it point au pair stopped in to see um saw a lighthouse um so i couldn't pass a lighthouse without stop and take a picture and beside that lighthouse was one of uh, an old uh, canadian uh, navy submarines and I'm like, okay, my ferry's in two hours. It's an hour drive. 
I've got an hour to check out this submarine. <laughs> um, but it was packed. And oh, yeah? I'm a little bit of claustrophobe. Submarines and claustrophobics don't go well together. So you got to be like five feet or something like that. Which made five, Steve five Shard perfect for that job because he's yeah. shorter than me. He's probably five seven, five eight. You know, he's uh, not a tall guy, but I'm sure he would have. Uh, that's likely the type of class of uh, submarine he would have been on back in the day and stuff, right? Um, but I made it through. Uh, made it through in about forty minutes. Uh, really cool. Um, neat. They have a like a, a a maritime museum there. There's this other uh, lighthouse you can uh, a tour in that there. But you know, at, at a ferry, I had to get to an Pistoles, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong, um, to go across the St. Lawrence. Um, so I made the ferry with plenty of time, uh, hit the grocery store to get some provisions because I was going to be camping. Joyce had an extra tent, um, but I didn't have any of my tenting gear with me, so I had to stop and get a sleeping pad and a fleece <laughs> blanket and all that. You know, it's like, how much more camping gear do you need? But, you know, as one does. Uh, so made it across the, the St. Lawrence and the ferry, which was kind of neat. And then uh, it's about 30 kilometer drive down to Tadasak. And then you cross another ferry where the Saguenay meets the St. Lawrence River. And that ferry was something else. Um, about five lanes wide, um, the ferry itself. Big, huge, wide thing. And the ferries cross the river at about a 45 degree angle. So they essentially ferry across the current. The ferries right. ferry across the current, and then just the angle they have to come into the dock on the other side, they essentially ferry across and then go forward and back in, okay, or something like that. I probably didn't explain that right, but if you've ever been up near Tadasak and done the ferry, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So impressive. Like, the those ferry captains got to have balls of steel and... Um, definitely know what they're know doing, what they're doing yeah. and how to position those boats and massive boats, uh, big 18 wheelers and that on it, uh, probably fit a couple dozen cars, a couple dozen tractor trailers if you wanted. Um, it's only about a 10, 15 minute ferry ride too. It's not very long, but it's, uh, it's part of the highway up there. It's, um, there's several other places, uh, up near there too, where the, uh, the ferries are just part of the highway, um, to get up to, uh, places like, um, bunch of different mining uh mining places up there um bay como and points further uh so met up with joyce at the uh saguenay ford national park campground uh spent the night there and had an excellent day the following day out kayaking it was definitely um not for beginners paddling um so when we launched about 9 30 in the morning i think the tide was coming out the river current's coming out and we're going into 40 kilometer headwinds that are coming out <laughs> with the tide and the uh, current. So there was probably steady one to two foot waves across most of the river. And at times, threes and there was one that crashed right on my neck, I think. I don't think it quite hit my chin, but wow. it was... Uh, I got. I did get a few videos of it. I didn't have a video, a video camera mounted on my kayak, but I kind of perilously took my video camera out a couple of times to take some video and um it was fun it was a lot of fun there's a couple of people one in particular was struggling with it and the guy had to tow him for a bit um didn't quite get as far as we wanted on the trip um but it was definitely entertaining i definitely got my money's worth um and that was a fjord and kayak our guide was this uh 
Oh, well, I want to say young girl. She's 30s, 30, early 30s. Um, really good, competent kayaker. Very friendly. Um, knew what she was doing. It was, uh, it was, a, it was a good day. And uh, so we got back on shore. Parted with Joyce. Uh, her sister came, picked her up. They were having, a, they were having another night there before they were starting to head back down, back towards Quebec City, Ottawa, and then Toronto. And, uh, I made it just outside of Montreal that night, got a little hotel and, uh, yeah. And then I kind of, I was uh, originally planning on making it home the following day, which would have been the Saturday, but then a friend of mine who's got a lake house, uh, in Prince Edward County is like, Hey, come on <laughs> by for the weekend. It being the long weekend. I'm like, all right. So I spent a couple of days in Prince Edward County, uh, ate more good food, uh, good time with friends. Um, we did a couple of day paddles in places I'd never paddled before up near there. Uh, we paddled at a Belleville and up uh, a little river that comes out in Belleville the one day and then um, paddled uh, near Trenton and up the uh, Trent Canal to the first lock. Okay. Um, just to the bottom. We didn't lock through. Um, we were asked if we wanted to, but we're like, no, no, no. We're fighting time and I had to fight traffic, uh, that afternoon. So it, uh, but nice areas, um, you know, suitable for canoe or kayak, not too rough, not too busy. If you get out into the Bay of Quinty there, which is kind of extension of Lake Ontario, it'd probably be a little bit of a challenge in a canoe, but, uh, to go up the rivers there, what, right in the, uh, the harbor in Belleville, there's this restaurant um the boathouse seafood restaurant um they got a dock there and there's a sea dew personal watercraft tied up alongside the dock and i said to my friend i'm like you hungry hmm. i'm hungry i'm always hungry so we tied our kayaks up alongside the dock and rolled out on the dock and had a taste seat at the patio had some uh had some lunch and uh it was kind of neat it says we're leaving in our kayaks this big like 25 foot powerboat was waiting to take our spot (laughs) (laughs) probably like come on kayakers get out of the way and uh yeah so it was uh two very interesting places to paddle um that that i'd never paddled before and uh yeah got back home and back to work and ready for another vacation One thing that you'd mentioned earlier when we were talking was Joyce's PFD. Oh, right. Yeah. So when Joyce showed up to paddle with um, Fjord and Kayak, when her and her sister were going out on the tandem kayak uh, trip before I got there, um, she had all her own gear with her. She never boat with her, but she had her own paddle and her PFD and... Um, when I, pat, when I've traveled in the past, I've, I've, I've brought either my own paddle or uh, sometimes my own PFD as well. Just those little comforts at home. Yep. Um, but they wouldn't let her go out with her own PFD. They inspected it and it was an American made PFD. I want to say it was a Stolquist, but I don't know. I've sent her a message to uh, clarify, but I haven't heard back from her yet. Um, but it didn't have a stamp on it or anything on it that said it was a Canada Coast Guard or Transport Canada approved. Right. So they asked if uh, she could wear one of their um, PFDs, which was an American branded PFD, but had a, a Transport Canada or a Canada Coast Guard stamp on it. And uh, yes, yeah, so I thought that was kind of weird. weird. I've never had I've that. I've never run I've, into I've that rented uh, down in the States and I've, um, you know, uh, guided, uh, been on guided trips up here before. And you just kind of, 
assume when you see some of the major manufacturers that you see every day that they're going to be legit to use. But I guess uh, some some outfitters uh, want to make sure that all the T's are crossed and I's are dotted and make sure everybody's wearing uh, the appropriate gear. So that was that was kind of a, a learning experience. And then I looked at mine, which is a Astral, and it's got a it didn't have. It didn't have, so I'm glad they didn't expect mine, but I had my own boat in that with me, so right. maybe um, because of that, they didn't really wor- worry about mine. <laughs> they don't and, care if you die. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> they didn't care if you die. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, uh, yeah, so that was definitely uh, something to keep in mind next time I go south if I don't have my own boat, I guess, so just to uh, make sure that whatever PFD I bring with me has a U.S. Coast Guard stamp on it. Or if I go to the West Coast or East Coast without my own boat, if I fly somewhere and I bring my PFD, uh, make sure I bring one that's uh, Coast Guard approved. Yeah, so. I've, I've never heard of that before. No, it was a new one for me too. Oh, so. that's weird. Ah. Well, it sounds like you had a good couple of weeks. I did. It, got to do uh, a lot of it was a nice and... break. It was, uh, it was busy, but I got lots of rest in there. Lots of fun. Um, lots of good food, lots of hikes, um, paddle with sharks and seals, saw lots of friends who I miss dearly. I don't see nearly enough. Um, you know, it's funny. I met when I, when I lived in Lethbridge, Alberta in my twenties, I I really connected with four or five people. And the day before I got to the East coast, all five of those people were in the East coast. And then I get there, I get there one day after one of my best friends from the East Coast had uh, left and uh, went back with their family to to Southern Alberta, and it it, 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 it was interesting that you know my former roommate uh, Kevin and Michelle who I spent time with on Prince Edward Island, Scott and Stephanie in uh, New Brunswick, and then Kristen was in Prince Edward Island. You know, it's just weird that everybody was kind of in the same part of the world, and um, it would have been really nice to have hooked up with everybody, but I got most people in so. And, uh, yes, well, it's nice uh, when the stars align like that yeah. and, and you can actually do that. Certainly is. Well, that's pretty cool. Any other, uh, so, I mean, that was a, that was a nice big, uh, paddle vacation. Yeah. It was, thing. uh, like I said, it was part paddle, part rest, part, uh, seeing friends, beach eating and seeing a lot of new things and seeing a part of the country I'd never seen before and hadn't put a whole lot of thought to, but I'd love to, um. It'll be interesting to compare notes with Derek because they're doing more of the camping family trip and that, and I right. think they're there for a little longer than I was, so it'll be neat to compare notes with him about what he saw and found with the gas bay versus what I did. Yeah, I and, know there. he was talking that he'd like to get out on the water as well. Yeah. So hopefully they, they managed to do that. Yeah, that'd so, be nice if yeah. they did. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully they, they managed to do that. So when's your next big trip going to happen? Um... Saturday in Peterborough. <laughs> Saturday in Peterborough. Uh, as far as big trips or holidays or anything, I don't have anything coming up the pipe. The next real firm thing will be England in February. Really? Yeah, my jack wagon of a cousin's deciding to get married February 29th in Manchester, England. I hear it's cold and damp. So Manchester, bring your dry England. suit. I might just have to bring my dry suit. Um, so I'm hoping to get over there for a few weeks. Uh, I've never been to England. Um, Steve Chart's going to be home. He's at the other end of England, but I've got other friends down there as well. Okay. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure I can be entertained. Uh, I'd love to get over to Ireland. Love to get up to Aberdeen to see that uh, 
if I've read the book by then. Read the book. <laughs> and, and then go, go to Aberdeen there, and see the butt kayak. And then see the, see the yeah. kayak. Yeah. And then come back and we'll talk to you about it. That'd be awesome. Helen's Book Club. <laughs> One book complete. One book complete. What the field trip. Yeah. <laughs> I read well, the book. Will that field and... trip be sponsored by Paddling Adventures Radio? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our field reporter, Alan, <laughs> is in Aberdeen. Alan, what's the weather like there? <laughs> <laughs> our internet our european international correspondent our, yeah, our european correspondent hold on will the united kingdom still be part of the europe at that point uh yeah probably still yeah yeah, yeah. they'll still be extending Brexit. yeah they they won't be brexiting yet <laughs> well that's awesome speaking of brexiting brexiting yeah um yeah that's pretty cool uh anything else i'm good i'm done you're good you're yeah. done that's all you want to talk about tonight? It's only been like an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, time what? flies when you're having fun. Doesn't buddy. it though? Yeah, you just yap away and Don't we just I let know. you. <laughs> Anything else you want to mention? No. Before we call it an evening? I think we're good. Unless you've asked me that three times and I'm missing something on our list. <laughs> no. Book Club, the SOS Toronto guys, Oak Manhattan, Island. Oak Island. Yeah. Oak Island is probably. Uh, except for when the Baird brothers were on alone, uh, and if some I uh, used to watch some of that Gold Rush last. Have time. you ever noticed whenever Jim posts something, I might I I try I I don't try to do too much because I don't want to jump the shark, but there's just sometimes he just opens himself up to comments that have the word alone. Alone <laughs> is this Jim Baird from Alone? Like the other day there's a beautiful Where's picture Buck? of Buck. Where's he alone? There's a beautiful picture of Buck. I'm like, hey, who left Buck? Alone. alone. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there are so many people that put comments on Facebook, innocent f- comments on oh, Facebook yeah. that it could be twisted five ways from Sunday. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well there's been a David Lee. Yeah, we'll just leave that one alone. <laughs> he's lost his canoe. But then it was found, and now he's found again. And he's, he, he has it, I think it's back in his possession, or maybe it's been. But anyway, he's made a couple of comments regarding this lost canoe that just, there's an innocent way to take them, and there's a really dirty way to take them. And, of course, my mind goes the other way. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah. There was- I made comment regarding that comment and i'm not sure if he gets it or not i might have to send him a note just to say oh i know i mean yes he probably knows i'm sure he's just trying to ignore it (laughs) exactly what he's doing (laughs) (laughs) anyway on that note well alan it was great having you on as a uh, host this evening thank you it was uh, enjoyable to be here i'm glad uh I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad Derek went away. Yeah, I'm glad Derek went away again. <laughs> yeah, I've had, uh, well, a couple weeks back they were away, and uh, I had uh, Scott Robinson, man, you camping did. on. And this week I get uh, Alan Drummond of Kingdom Outdoor Products. Yes, that's what? three mentions. Yeah. Awesome. What's uh, kingdomoutdoor.ca? Yeah. And you sell all types of things. Uh, Kayak racks and canoe racks, uh, the Videos. little ki- replica kayak, kayak canoe, stand-up paddleboard, whitewater kayak, sea kayak, and raft uh, key rings, um, of which uh, 
totally restocked as of yesterday. And we also have the kayak earrings, uh, canoe and kayak necklaces. Um, yeah, so check it out, kingdom kingdomoutdoor.ca. If uh, you want to place an order, uh, let's do a discount. Uh, let's say podcast. Let's, I'll put a discount up on the website for podcast to give everybody 15% off going through the next, uh, we'll say till October 1st, um, if you listen to this in the next couple of weeks and you want to order anything in Canada or the U.S., just enter the code podcast and you'll get uh, 15 points off. Yeah, you better write that down. I'm going to write that down right now. <laughs> I'm going to get these emails going, where's my... You lying, no good granola <laughs> munch and flip flop wearing podcast. Double so that's dipper. podcast, all one word, all lowercase. So. <laughs> Sean will put that on his uh, little episode. Great things too. I love the fact that I can order him around on air and Pod- he can't really talk podcast. Otherwise, he has to edit it out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, hey. What? Thanks for the milkshakes tonight. You're very welcome. I got one. You got one. Mm. Derek brings beer. Like Derek brings th- beer. He's so unoriginal. Um, yeah. So I hadn't eaten since, I don't know, 12. And I pulled up. What time did I get here? 7.30? 7.30, something like that. 7.30 yeah. or something. Yeah. So I pulled through Burger King. Um, and they got these like $2 chocolate milkshakes on. So brought uh, Sean and the family some milkshakes. I don't think Mum got one. Because I think Mackenzie had two. Two. Yeah. Maybe Left grumpily well, to go yeah, work yeah, an overnight yeah. shift. <laughs> Gets called into work, yeah. yeah. So uh, this podcast sponsored by McDonald's, or no, Burger King. Burger King. Burger King <laughs> milkshakes. Cheap-ass milkshake. Yeah. They're tasty. They're all right. Well, mind you, I had a Yukon uh, Brewing Company. You did. A Yukon Gold Yukon and a Yukon Red. Uh, brought you some gifts here. Yeah. So nice artwork on these. Yeah, and they're good beers, too. Mm. Sniff, sniffy. <laughs> I'm drinking Mississauga H2O. Oh. Brought to you by Britta. <laughs> Everybody's getting a little product recognition tonight. <laughs> well, thanks again, Alan, for coming on. Thank you for having me. Uh, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can listen to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. You can also find us on the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com. And check out our YouTube channel. We have a couple things on there. Again, just a reminder, if you want to be a member of our guest blog on our blogish page, send us an email uh, through our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com, with your idea for your blog post. Uh, been getting some pretty good ones on there and we'll any, any you want to mention, any you want to throw out there? Uh, we've got one coming up about the channel islands. Oh, somebody kayaking over through the channel islands. Like Guernsey and Jersey, like the channel islands, which channel? The, um, English. Yeah. So yeah, not Jersey, the ones in California. Guernsey. Yeah. Ooh, that'll be cool. Yeah. So. Cause there's like a, like a monastery or something off the shore of one of them that's only available you can only get out to during low tide you can drive out to it or something i hope really? they talk about that well i'll find out yeah i oh. haven't I haven't gone through it yet i gotta put it on there neato setting that all up i might actually read that one really <laughs> <laughs> so yeah if you have if you have any ideas for a blog uh, actually we got a, another email today uh saying um that they had a trip canoe trip which is supposed to be a fantastic three-day canoe trip went totally south Nice. So that'll be a fun one to read. 
Hey, it happens, man. Any hints on the location? Uh, French River. Okay. All yeah, right. the French River. So, right. uh, and I got a few other people that are interested in putting up blogs. So they're just writing them up, getting the right. pictures together. So people are interested. So Have you had to deny anybody. Go like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not talking about the blog about the Credit River for crying out loud. <laughs> Tracy's going to be doing a blog on why she hates North T Lake. Yes. Uh, so when when that well, before we started recording tonight, Tracy came down and um, yeah, if you saw Sean's post couple days ago about almost getting a divorce in the middle of Algonquin <laughs> Park <laughs> due to headwinds and high seas. An eight yeah. hour paddle with massive headwinds mm. the entire way yeah. and one to two foot swells. Um, you know, you hit three big swells in a row. <laughs> you manage to stay dry the first two, but the third one you sort of submarine it. Mm. Yeah. You're not having fun anymore. When you're not used I'm to I'm having it. fun. You're having fun. You're used to that kind and of stuff. And then though. when Tracy's getting mad because the people going the other way are giving a little wave and she's getting mad. And then I said, well, it's because I'm waving Wait, there. <laughs> so you're being all Mr. Congeniality in the back. Hey guys, and she's paddling air yeah. at the top of a three-foot wave. <laughs> that one will be interesting to read. I, I still think you have to get her on to record a podcast it for that rather be, than a... It would be a solid... Beep. <laughs> and furthermore, beep. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, well, yeah, I look forward to reading good. about that. I, I, heard, I heard it from the horse's mouth, so I look forward to seeing when she puts that in black and white. So <laughs> We may have to get them on here as a, as a little host thing. Uh, so, Alan, thanks again. Uh, Thank you. If anybody wants to find us, like I say, check us out, uh, paddlingadventuresradio.com, Facebook, uh, everywhere. We're everywhere now. Uh, I'd like to thank Alan uh, Drummond from Kingdom Outdoor for being the co-host this uh, this week. Uh, <laughs> I think that was six times six he mentioned times? Kingdom Outdoor Products. Whoop, whoop. Kingdom Outdoor Products? Seven. Dot CA? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we're looking forward to hearing how Derek's uh, uh, vacation went with the family. Phantom family. Fa- Phantom family uh, next week. So I'd like to say uh, thanks for listening. I'm Sean Rowley and... I'm Alan Drummond. We'll see you next week.